Last week, we talked about how to ask for money for your organization. This week, we're talking about how to leverage relationships for personal growth. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited because we have an interesting topic we're going to be diving into today around personal growth as part of our legacy flywheel, specifically with personal growth, who you surround yourself with and how you can set up your life uh, to actually be growing on a regular basis. So uh, Lisa, why don't you dive into the topic? Take us away. Awesome. Um, I think as leaders of nonprofit organizations, um, it's so important that we are conscious of who we are surrounding ourselves with. And when we are working with leaders, we are always looking at this because I think sometimes as a leader of a nonprofit, um, I'm sure you've heard the whole phrase, the five people that you're closest to will determine your future. Um, But sometimes when you're leading a nonprofit, it it can become really easy for the five people closest to you to be people who are within your nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, we're not going to sit here and say you shouldn't be friends with people in your organization. I think it's important to have different levels of friendship and figure out those dynamics within your specific organization. Um, but as leaders, we need to be very conscious of who we're surrounding ourselves with, particularly making sure that there are other leaders in similar levels as, as us. Um, we've seen it time and time again, where if a leader is leaning too much on the people within their own organization, it can turn into kind of this icky mess where eventually when the leader starts going through something, it kind of seeps down through the organization in a not positive way. Um, And sometimes a leader can feel very on an island because they know, okay, I can talk to these people. I view them as the people closest to my life, but they can't always know what's going on, or at least they shouldn't always know 100% of everything that's going on in your life. And so there's this fine balance in which we have to realize we need five people closest to us to help us determine where we're going. But how do we find those people? And how do we know if they're really a good fit for where it is that you're trying to go? Right. And we talk about in the legacy flywheel, a really important part of it is personal growth as a, as a leader in order to build trust with people outside of your organization to look in and say, hey, that's a nonprofit I want to support. That's a nonprofit I want to donate to. That's a nonprofit I want to get behind and give some of my time to or uh, just offer some sort of service to be able to help this nonprofit to grow. We have to be the kind of leader that makes people go, that's it. That's the one that I want to support. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have to be growing. We have to be always moving forward with you know things like reading and attending you know events. Where we're going to be learning and stuff. But uh, who you surround yourself with is one of the key ways that we can grow or stunt our growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just a huge, huge topic. Uh, I, I kind of don't really know where to start. But I think uh, let's just dive into what are ways that you can look at the people that you currently have surrounding you as a leader and determine which people should I probably like just distance a little bit more from and which people should I draw closer? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think a huge thing to start looking at right away is the life of the of the people that are surrounding you. Um, we've heard it said, we've had mentors tell us over the years, um, if you're going to take advice from someone, make sure that you are committed to living their lifestyle. And that's really true. If you have someone who's giving you advice and they are living a lifestyle in which they are frantic, they're working crazy hours, they don't seem to have like time for themselves or for their family or whatever it might be. If you are looking at someone that you're getting advice from and saying, your advice sounds good, but I don't want your life. Like if I end up there, I'm going to be miserable. Um, That is a great indicator that that's not who you want. Um, On the other hand, you might have someone that you really, really like in terms of how they manage their personal life, but maybe they're not quite in the same level professionally. So I'm thinking going back to if one of your closest people is within your organization. Um, Sometimes, you know, you can think, okay, well, they already understand me so well, we can be really close. You know, being too close to certain people within your organization can really screw up some of the dynamics. But then also one of your key five people who is pointing in in the direction of your future life is someone who is not leading an organization, but is under someone else's leadership. Um, Mm. And so they're not necessarily going to be able to relate to you on that positional level. And that's not to say that all five people have to be the perfect, like they have to have the perfect life, the perfect organization, the perfect everything. Um, But it does help a lot as a leader to have at least some of those people who are your closest people to be in similar levels of leadership as you at other organizations, people who can instantly relate to what you're going through and yet aren't going to judge whether or not you're capable of leading them. Um, Because sometimes, you know, as leaders, it becomes easy. It's like, I have to invest in the people that I work with or that work under me. So maybe they can just also become my friends. And that's kind of two birds with one stone. (laughs) Right. And not all of the uh, people that you want to have in that circle are going to be people that naturally uh, just become like close (laughs) relationships just because of proximity to you. You, You're Mm -hmm. probably going to have to go out and seek and find these people you probably have to pay some of these people to give you some of their time you're probably you know like business coaches or whatever Um, you're going to need to go to some conferences and do some networking and like actually reach out and find these people uh one of the mentors that we had uh for years and years was really really great at just like i want that person to mentor me and he would call them and he'd talk to him he'd get in touch with them he'd figure out hey can i come to you can i fly to you he'd bring a gift when he showed up to say, hey, I really value your time. Thank you so much for this. And just start building that relationship in a way where the person was like, I really like it when this guy comes to visit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like when he comes to learn learn from me because I get like free dinners. <laughs> I get cool gifts. And uh, it's just a really, really good good thing. So then, then the relationship starts from that point, right? Where it's like, hey, phone call here and there, asking a little bit of advice, like seeing how the inner workings of their organization uh, things that work well, things that don't work well. And uh, he always had like his sights set on like what's, you know, our organization is at this point right now and uh, their organization is like three or four years ahead of us mm-hmm. as far as growth goes, as far as what they're accomplishing. And so actually having having kind of like that list of people that aren't so far ahead of your organization that they're just going to be on a completely different planet, mm-hmm. um, but far enough ahead of you that uh, when you invest in that relationship and you make you bring value to them, 
you're going to get a ton of value in return just from like osmosis, just from being around that person. You're going to learn the things to say and not to say just kind of naturally. You're going to learn how to operate as a leader naturally rather than having to like book learn everything. You actually experientially and kind of just glean learning off those people. And attempting and um, putting in the effort when things are in a really good season is an awesome use of your time. Because if you're looking at someone who's three to four years ahead of you organizationally, they've kind of gone into that next season, chances are the the things that you're going to be running into in the next year or two are going to be situations that they have handled, um, mm-hmm. that they've been through it, they've crossed that threshold, they've gotten, they've gotten past that next level into whatever the future is. Um, but if you hit a point of crisis as a leader, it is very difficult to find people in that moment, um, because you haven't had the chance to be able to develop those relationships. Um, That friend of ours that Ted was talking about, he developed that over time. And then eventually, when things kind of hit the fan a little bit, he was able to call him and just say, hey, I need some advice. And the person was willing because they had the relationship already built up. They had the communication structure built up. They had trust built up. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a few years ago for myself, when Ted was working at a nonprofit, um, I had a friend who was a few years ahead of us in terms of what she was doing. And I remember we kind of hit a rough patch in terms of we were trying to figure out kind of what the next steps looked like. And I texted her and just said, hey, I'm going through something. Can we talk? And we spent almost an hour on the phone. Up until that point, all of our conversations have been pretty short, kind of in a group, like not super frequent, but frequent enough. And in the moment when I needed someone, that relationship was so strong that she was on the phone with me within a very short amount of time and helped me figure out how to navigate something that was really important in our lives that was going on. So recognizing that if you don't have those people around you right now, if you're in a good season, get them. Don't wait until you need them because that, I mean, it's huge. We talk about this a lot, um, talking about those five people. We talk about this a lot with counselors. Um, Mm -hmm. Ted and I are in a super awesome season right now. And while we're in a really great season, we started seeking out a new marriage counselor, which some people would be like, what? <laughs> Those are for it's like a mechanic. You bring it to when, when your car's broken, right? But for <laughs> us, we've always had someone that we've trusted that we could go to. So that if we ever ran into anything, we knew who we would call. So when we were in a healthy season, we started meeting with someone new to give it a couple times to make sure yes, we click with this person, we can trust their advice. That way, down the road, if we hit a wall where we're like we need some outside counsel, either it's something between us or maybe something externally, and we're trying to figure out how to handle it. We already have that trust built up. We already have the relationship in place. We already trust the advice that's going to be coming our way. Um, Just like you would hire a professional counselor, a professional CPA, a professional insurance person, if you need an attorney, like all these different people. We need to spend the time investing in those early on. And we understand this from a professional point of view. But sometimes we forget about this in the personal areas where we need people in our lives that we can lean on, who we can count on, who we can get advice from. Um, but sometimes we don't go looking for them until the bottom has fallen out. Right. And when you're in crisis mode is a bad time to be trying to find the people because you're going to make bad decisions. Yes. You're going to make re- reflexive crisis mode 
decisions about who to let in and who to get advice from because you're just scratching at, clawing at the walls trying to get out of this hole that you feel like you're in and uh, you're gonna grab onto anything even if it's a loose root that's gonna you know fall out and you're gonna drop to the bottom of this you know hypothetical hole that I am talking about this metaphorical <laughs> hole well that's why it's so important to when you're in a season where you feel like you're strong analyze okay who who are the five people that were um, building relationship right now that are gonna take us to the next level and who are the people that we want to build relationship with now that we're going to need to lean on because it's not a matter of if your organization's going to hit a spot where you need like advice like right now mm-hmm. it's just a matter of when and so preparing in advance for those inevitable of inevitabilities is just so so smart so personal growth what i i want to talk a little bit about how to really leverage those relationships in a way that's going to help you the most because it's not just enough to say like oh yeah these are my friends like you want to be intentional about how you treat those relationships to get the most out of them and i'm not talking about just like sucking these people dry but what are uh what are some of the top ways that you uh think of lisa when you think about how can i actually like glean more from this relationship other than just sort of hey, we're buddies and we rub elbows every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it for me is recognizing who they are and what they need in the relationship. I have some friends who really need a lot of like face-to-face interaction. I have some friends who prefer more text communication. Um, and my goal is to mirror to the best of my ability, recognizing that I'm a, very different than some of them, um, <laughs> but mirror what they're looking for. And not just being in it going, at some point, you're going to be there for me, but choosing people in my life who, when something goes bad for them, I'm going to be willing to be there for them. Um, if we're only looking at this from a one-sided thing, people can tell that it doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. But really analyzing who those people are. Um, Another piece of it is recognizing who they are in the whole spectrum of my life. I have some friends who'd be with it with me in a personal situation, but they aren't necessarily the people that Ted and I would go to if we were in a business situation. Um, And so, yes, the five people closest to you like do make an impact. But sometimes the people who are closest to you are different. They serve different purposes. And serve yeah, they're just there for different reasons. Like I had a personal thing go on last year and I had one of my friends pop by and she brought me flowers. And she's like, I just stopped by to bring you flowers and give you a hug. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Um, But then we have other times where we're going through something business-wise or we're just trying to figure something out and Ted and I'll get together with, I wouldn't say like either one of them is like our best friends, but I'd say they're our best couple friends. Yeah. Like, They're married, we're married, and the way that we connect as a group is just very unique. Um, And they're in the business sector, and now we're in business, so we talk about that. But even when we were in nonprofit, the ways that our lives worked were just similar enough that we could relate on so many different levels. Right. I think um, one of the ways that you can really intentionally build your personal growth with these, these good relationships is to get really good at asking questions. Yes. Get really, really good at asking questions. Uh, I've met with, like, I've had lunch with people who I know, like, I could learn a ton from, and I'm the one who's asking all the questions. Um, I mean, yeah, they could they could learn a lot from me, 
mm-hmm. but I'm the one asking all the questions and they're kind of busy like posturing themselves and like showing all the things that they've done and it's like man I mean I'm I'm glad that I'm learning a lot in this conversation right now but you are leaving so much value on the table by not just like digging in right because Ted and I have always been of the opinion we can learn from anyone yeah and you got to have that mindset yeah but i remember there were times where we were much further along than someone from like another church and they'd ask hey can i take you out for coffee or can i take you out for a meal or can i pick your brain and it wasn't often that we said yes but sometimes we'd say yes (laughs) because you know you want to invest in people what you've been invested in um but there were times that it was like they were trying to show us how great they were doing when we're like we are an open book You Mm -hmm. can ask us anything. You can tell us anything that you're going through. We'll give you our best insight to the best of our ability. We'll share everything that we've learned over the years. And instead, it was, uh, I'm going to posture and try and present myself and be careful with how I'm talking. Yeah. And I wonder if just sometimes it's just people not really knowing how to leverage those relationships that can advance their personal growth. But the big thing is just ask how they do things. Ask what the big problems that they're running into i mean like when we have guests on this podcast like that's what we're asking we're saying like what are the big things that you're running into like how are you finding ways to navigate through uh you know different problems that arise in your nonprofit or your business and uh, those questions you learn a ton from and you build a relationship um from there i'd say be willing to talk about a small issue that you're going through and ask some advice on it. Don't go with your biggest issue. Don't like go (laughs) hyper. I'm going to share with you everything that's gone wrong in the last three years in our first time meeting. Um, But share a little something and allow whoever you're talking to to give you a little piece of advice. And then actually take action and do it. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder when this one's going to come out of Lisa. You know it's going to come up. It drives me nuts. <laughs> this is your big one. I have had people take me out because they want advice on something. And they'll tell me what's going on. I'll give them advice. And then a month later, they'll ask me to grab coffee again. And I'll ask them, how did that thing go? And they'll be in the exact same situation because they never took the advice. Now, listen, <laughs> if you don't want to take my advice, it's okay. Like, <laughs> that's fine. But I don't want to go out for coffee a second time and give <laughs> exactly. you the same advice again. I don't want to just give you the same advice again. That seems like a waste of both of our time. Mm-hmm. And so when I would find someone that I'd want to learn from, I'd be very intentional to share a little something going on or ask specifically ask for advice in an area, get that advice. And then when I actually took action on it, I would text them or send them a card and say, thank you so much for that advice. I did it. Here's how it worked. And very much just to show, like, I so appreciate the time that you invested in me, but I'm not only looking for time, like, I am actually, actually, I'm truly someone who's going to take action and use the time that you invested in me to make a difference in the lives of other people. Yeah, as as consultants with nonprofits, our favorite clients to work with are the ones that we talk with, we give them a couple things to, like, try in their organization and then we hear back from them and they say, I did that thing and here are the results. This is this is how much more money we raised during this uh, fundraiser. This yeah. is how many more volunteers we were able to bring on. This is the next thing that we're able to do because of the advice that you gave us. And that makes me want to work with them more. And it's not just uh, in paid relationships, right? It's also in those relationships where you're getting advice for free and you're getting counsel for free and you're getting support for free. 
when you show them that you're the kind of person who's going to follow through on what and it shows them that you value what they have Mm -hmm. you know so then they're like okay sweet i would love to go out to coffee with you again because the last time that we met i said maybe try this and you did it and like wouldn't you know it worked because we're a few years beyond you or whatever and um it just it goes a really really long way uh people love to share the knowledge and it kind of brings validity to some of the crap that they've had to go through yeah too so like you're doing them a huge favor when you say hey i recognize that you had problems and you worked through those problems that's a big deal what did you do hey uh i'm gonna go and do that now to fix those same problems that i'm having and then when you bring that back to them it shows them it's like everything that i went through was worth it because i was able to help somebody else not just get through my own stuff. But I was able to help them possibly even skip over the issue. Um, yeah, it, yeah. it turns from a, I regret it or I hate that thing or whatever the feelings were to I don't like it, but I can appreciate it. I can appreciate how I've been able to use this. I'd say one of the biggest ways to show people honor when they've met mm-hmm. with you, the one of the biggest ways to show people honor and value is simply to respect the wisdom that has been shared. That's so good. It's not hard, but it takes intentionality, mm-hmm. especially because I think a lot of times as leaders, we feel like we need to know the answers. And sometimes as leaders, we get caught in our own head and think if I didn't come up with the answer, it's not a valid answer. Um, and I've done that for and I'll be the first to say, like, when we're working on business stuff, I'll be like, I have this figured out. I know the next thing. And then we talk to our business coach and he's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, Jamie. (laughs) And then I adjust and it goes better because I'm willing to get outside advice from someone who has gone further than me and someone who has succeeded beyond. Um, And that's a really important thing to be willing to do. I think also when you are trying to figure out how to gain a lot of value out of these high value relationships that you have, one of the smartest things that you can do is get to know the people who are around them and figure out how are they interacting with the people that are closest to them. For example, like what coaches are they using? Who are they going to for counsel and relationship? Like what are the criteria that they have for the people that are closest to them? And then on top of that too, like if they have staff or employees or volunteers, like key leaders in their organizations, like get to know them a little bit too, because you're gonna learn a lot of things that maybe that leader doesn't even know about themselves that other people recognize and are like the awesome things that you want to try to emulate. Mm -hmm. Um, Great example of this. I had the opportunity to go down and visit and hang out with a staff at a church for uh, like four or five days. I think I mentioned this actually in last episode. And when I was there, the guy that I was meeting with, I think I probably only got to spend like five hours out of the, over the course of like four days with him specifically asking him questions, writing things down, taking notes, like all these things. Cause I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. But the rest of the time I spent with his staff and I asked them questions like, Hey, how did, you know, how does he lead? How does this work? What, you know, what are the things that you admire most about his leadership and all that stuff? And I learned so much from that because, um, when you're asking somebody like, Hey, how do you lead? They're going to tell you what they think they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they might not, they might, even be a little like too humble sometimes and not you know point out some things that other people are seeing so like for example when you're talking to a leader you say like you know what are what are like one of the big three things that you think bring the most value to your organization and they say like oh this this and this chances are one of the things that they're not going to say is 
I'm extremely talented right <laughs> at what I do. <laughs> um, but guess what? The people who are around them will probably mention that mm-hmm. if it if it is a big piece of what they're bringing to the table and specifically how they leverage that talent. So it's important to not just talk to that leader, but get to know the people around them a bit, too. Yeah. Speaking about the people around them, um, I'd say another aspect of this personal growth part is to make sure that the people who are key in your organization, even the ones who aren't, but that you are looking out for them and helping to make sure that they have five people as well. Mm. Sometimes as organizational leaders, um, it's easy to think the people in my organization can be friends with each other. Um, And that has positives. We want a friendly atmosphere, but there is a point where not everyone in your organization has the same role. And so being able to help people within your organization find people in a similar position across other organizations, um, it can be so incredibly helpful for them to have someone else to bounce ideas off of them who truly understand the work that they are doing. Yeah, it's like it's like cross-pollinization in farming. I don't know a ton about farming, but I do know that like the Irish potato famine was caused because there was only like one type of potato. Mm-hmm. And then when a disease came in, it just wiped them all out. And if there's no cross-pollinization happening in your organization, you don't have people connect to each other, one tiny issue can wipe everything out. Because it can there wipe isn't... out a whole swath of your staff in right. a moment. Right, right. Um, but I think part of it, and I've seen this with some leaders, they're like, well, if I get my staff member attached to this other organization, what if they like that other organization more? And then they leave and it, you know, it kind of becomes this... Almost uh, insecurity, but not quite insecurity, but, you know, just that concern. And I understand that. But part of that is going back to vision, like remembering that we have to have the vision so clearly defined in us, flowing through us, trickling down to our staff, and they have to buy into it and understand what the vision is and care about the vision. That if the vision is strong and we're communicating it really well using stories and measurable impact, which we always go back to, um, we have to be able to trust the staff members that we've brought on to say, I trust that as you get connected with this other organization that it's gonna be a benefit to you and that you're gonna be able to benefit each other. Because if you're helping their nonprofit and that nonprofit's helping your nonprofit, it is a huge win across the board. And Mm -hmm. honestly, if your staff member decides, you know what, I really like that organization, I'm going to go over there, it's okay. Yeah, isn't that still a win for the world? It's still a win. But I will say this, people highly value being invested in. Mm -hmm. And there are different ways you can invest in people, right? You can pay them money, you can teach them things, you can uh, invest like personal relationship into them and, you know, just like in- invest in them as a, as a human, as a person. It's a big one. But helping them to grow a network is oh a huge investment in that That's person. Huge. And they value that. And then when they look at that network that they have developed because of your help, they're less likely to leave. Mm-hmm. If they have to develop the network on their own, however then you're in a little bit more of trouble because they've had to go out. They've had to create those connections with themselves. You're not even involved in that connection. You're not even involved with it. Once they see, I can do this on my own. In a lot of ways, (laughs) the fear of introducing and helping your... Uh, your team to network, the fear of like losing them, it's you're actually more likely to lose them by not helping them grow a strong Mm -hmm. and healthy network. Um, 
they're they're definitely going to be more indebted to you. <laughs> like obviously you're not doing this just like ha, you owe me for your life. But like when they see that network that they've helped uh, that you've helped them build, they're going to recognize that it came from your generosity in relationships. Right. You saying hey, I know this person, this person could help you. I'm not just going to give you your number, their number. I'm going to actually put you two in contact. And we say, like, hey, you guys need to talk. I think it'd be really, really good for both of you. Let me see how I can facilitate this. Maybe we all go out to coffee together. Maybe we all have a Zoom meeting or something. Just to kind of start helping you build that relationship so you, you feel comfortable, they, so your uh, team member feels comfortable reaching out to this new person. Because networking is a, is a skill, and people don't always learn it. You know, and 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 it's can be kind of hard to learn sometimes. So if that's something that you have as a leader, use that. Like use that to help your team grow and help them to have a great five people around them. Because the minute that you do that for one of your team members, there it's very very. How do I word this? It's much less likely, I think, um, that they are going to wonder if you are only have them on staff because of what they can do for your organization. Um, The minute Mm. that they see that you are not just investing them for the work that they do, but you are investing with them in them in a way that helps them grow the people that they're connected to and the people around them, um, it changes the whole dynamic. Because I know that when I've had a business person who I'm in contact with and, you know, it's very much just, uh, it's just me and them. It's just me and them. But the minute they're like, hey, Lisa, I met someone. I'm going to connect you to them. Then suddenly it's like, oh, this relationship isn't just about what I can do for you. This relationship ex- extends beyond just the two of us. And it changes the dynamic where it's like, oh, man, that person's really for me. That person really cares about my success. That person cares about what I'm doing. That person sees what I'm doing. They understand the work that I'm doing. And the appreciation grows so much more simply because they're willing to open up their network or at least just help me get connected to someone who would be a good fit for me. Yeah, and I want to camp on this for just a second, too, because, you know, we're talking about these the five people that are closest to you. And now we've kind of like moved a little bit more to seeing how you can help others f- facilitate strong good relationships that are going to help them to grow think back to your favorite teacher in school and like think back to your favorite um uh volunteer leader that you ever had like when you volunteered someone who's the person that just pops out those are the ones that you feel most indebted to like if i if i saw one of my favorite teachers mr stall out at (laughs) at coffee somewhere around town i'd be like hey can i buy your coffee for you like he was my science teacher but he had a profound impact on my life and so i feel like i owe him you know Mm -hmm. and partially because he could have just read out of the book and talked in a monotone and made sure we all you know took the tests and whatever but he invested more than that knowing full well that we probably would never see him again like he invested in us knowing that we were going to go off into different parts of the world and do different things but he still saw it as worth investing in us, even though like we weren't going to become like his teaching assistants, you know, Mm -hmm. his, his investment in us was not predicated on what we could do for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And as a, as a high school or middle school science teacher, he probably wasn't getting paid a crazy amount either. (laughs) So we know it wasn't just all about the money or the Benjamins for him. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is when you invest in people, in these different ways, but especially when it comes to networking, they become more attached to you. 
mm-hmm. not less attached. And not only do they become more attached, they become more grateful and they have a lot more respect and gratitude and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, most of the people in our organizations are only going to be with you for a season. It could mm-hmm. be a one month season, it could be a 10 year season, but the majority of people in your organizations are going to be with you for a season. Um, but as they see that you've cared about them, um, that you've helped them grow, that you've helped them grow personally, and you've helped them grow their own networks and their own things, those things set up a future transition that is much more positive. Oh, yeah, and more likely to come back <clears throat> tenfold onto your organization. Mm hmm. You know, if they if they end up like, you know, moving across the country and getting plugged in with a different nonprofit, like now there are opportunities for collaboration and for for really, really great things to happen rather than they sort of felt like not really valued as a staff member or they felt not valued as a volunteer. This this all obviously we talk about staff a lot, but also just volunteers, people mm-hmm. who are, you know, and and people who donate to your organization <laughs> as well. Like, the more you invest in the whole person, the more likely they are to carry your vision wherever they end up. And I think this is one of those things where, as organizations, our organizational impact is hopefully in the cause that we're trying to help, right? But we have to remember that even within the organizations, the personal one-on-one impact that we are going to have is going to be oftentimes with those that are closest to us in terms of who we are leading Um, and who we are spending the time with, and who we're really in the trenches with. Um, And so being aware of that and recognizing that it is about the organizational cause that we're trying to move toward, but it's also about personal impact and the difference that we're making in the lives of the people that we are connected to um, for those seasons, it changes the way that we view the people that we're with. And that is legacy building. That's not just organization building. That's legacy building that is going to go far beyond you like when you're dead and gone that legacy is going to live on and it's going to be organ like going outside of what your organization is like someday Mm -hmm. your organization may just like fizzle out but all of these reverberating investments that you've made over the years are going to go out like uh like branches in a tree and do amazing amazing things when you value those relationships that are closest to you developing yourself personally as a leader and helping others to develop the others who are close to you to develop great personal relationships that are going to help them to grow too. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersInternational.com. 